The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, November 23, 2020. The woman in your life will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life, she can rest so easily She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my partner, my engineer, and my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. What a beautiful day it is here in Sonoma County. So much to be grateful for. Well, I have a very interesting show today. I'm not having a guest. I'm going to be the guest. <laughs> I thought I would just take this time up. You know, there's so much negativity going on lately. I mean, with the elections and everything that's going on, that I thought, you know, let's just have a show and dedicate it to gratitude and Thanksgiving and all the all the wonderful things that we have to be grateful for. You know, and I thought I would start it out. I start the show out this morning before I get into announcements and all that other stuff. I thought I would start out with a little meditation that we could all participate in. So if you're driving in your car, just take a deep breath and you don't stop your car, but just take a deep breath and, and just pay attention. You don't have to close your eyes or anything. If you're sitting in your home, find yourself a comfortable chair. And I'm just going to write this little meditation I wrote. I wrote it a, a while back when they were having the horrendous, horrendous, uh, uh, I believe it was a tsunami where it took out so many people. It was just, it was just, it was just a sad day for me. And I sat down and I wrote this meditation for myself. So I want to read it to you and maybe this will kind of inspire you or get you to start thinking about there's so much in this world to be grateful for. And you know, I, I call on the great spirit. I believe in the Native American way. And so when I talk about the great spirit, I'm talking about However you say it, you might call it God, you might call it Jesus, you might call it whatever whatever makes you comfortable. But I like to call it the Great Spirit. So here I'm going to go read this meditation, a meditation by Elaine B. Holtz. And then we're going to take a musical break. I'm going to play a song by uh, by a dear, a dear uh, friend of mine called Please Peace by Linda Farrow. And it's just a little reminder, you know, that there's so much going on and don't expect us to be silent. I mean, we have to speak out as women particularly. So first let's hear the meditation, then we'll take a musical break, Ken, and we'll play Peace, Peace, and then I have some announcements. We'll come back and we'll do all kinds of other things. And I talked Ken into doing a little bit with me this morning. I'm going to ask him a question. What does he have to be thankful for? Here we are at Thanksgiving. And I know everybody is being challenged. I know I'm being challenged, you know, with family. How do we get together? How do we have social distancing? Make sure everybody wears masks. I mean, it's it's really challenging. But the most important thing is if we have love and light in our hearts, we can accomplish anything. So I'm going to go ahead and read this meditation. It's called A Meditation by Elaine B. Holtz. That's me. Oh, great spirit, guide me today and show me the way and show all the people the way to your way. Oh, great spirit, open our hearts and minds to our Mother Earth and Father Sky. Help us to see and understand that they are our source, that they are the connection between you and the infinite, which we all share. 
Oh, Great Spirit, help us to see and teach that way to we de- demonstrate service. Excuse me. Oh, Great Spirit, help us to see and teach that the way we demonstrate our service to you is through our service to others. I love that line. Oh, Great Spirit, help us to see and teach the way we demonstrate our service to you is through our service to others. I love that line. And above all, let us all embrace life, for we are but temporary renters on this vast mystery. Through knowing this, we will know that the difference between life and death is simple, one breath. Let us see that as long as there is breath in our bodies and love in our hearts, we will live the life that you want us to live. Thank you for the garden. I pray we learn to love it and use it only in the tenderest of ways. O Great Spirit, open our spirit and our soul to the wisdom that all life on this planet is one and the same. All need light and warmth from the powerful sun, air, water, shelter, and above all, freedom from harm. O Great Spirit, I pray that we learn these lessons and once again find our way back to the Garden of Eden, the place you wanted us to be, and because our greed, we left it, and it is through leasing our greed and turning our hearts and minds to love, we shall return. Well, there's a lot to think about in reading this, and now we're going to play Please, Peace, as sung by Linda Farrell. What did you think we'd do? Stay small, stay silent, and think more like you. Go ahead and try to sleep tonight. We will stay awake. We will keep watching for our children's sake. And the lullaby we'll sing is Please, 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 peace If you wake and listen You will hear a mighty cry We'll keep on singing, keep on till the day we die. You will hear a mighty cry, you will hear it, you will hear a mighty cry, you will. Yes, Please, Peace. Such a beautiful song. It was written and sung by Linda Farrow. 
I remember when I had her on my show. It was just it was such a wonderful experience listening to this song. Well, you're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And this morning, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to just talk about all the things we have to be thankful for. Here it is, Thanksgiving this Thursday. And also, you know, to talk a little bit about some of the different things that are going on in the universe on um, celebrating Thanksgiving. And also, I have a lot of announcements to make. This is such an interesting uh, two days, November 22nd and November 23rd. And, you know, on November 22nd, the sad news is I saw today on the on the uh, on Facebook on November 22nd, 1963, was when uh, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. I was actually I was pregnant with my daughter. My daughter Susan, I was, uh, I didn't have her until April, so this was on November 22nd. I was pregnant with her and we were all thinking about, you know, Thanksgiving and the things that were coming up. And all of a sudden I was in my office and all of a sudden the announcement came over the loudspeaker. We had, you know, piped in music and then all of a sudden I remember it was like yesterday. I just froze. And my thought was, what kind of world am I bringing my daughter into? What am I doing to help make it a better world? How could this happen in my lifetime that such a beautiful president was assassinated like that? I mean, it just chokes me up even right now when I think about it, what our country has gone through. Anyway, it's a very emotional thing when you memories come up sometimes. But I've got some really, really great news for everybody. I want to make a special announcement. As most of you know, if you listen to the show, I have a a regular guest come on, my dear friend and activist, Susan Lamont. Susan Lamont had a lot to do with uh, helping to get Measure P passed this this last election. And I want to send out a super congratulations to her. She became a grandmother for the second time. Her daughter, Julia Lamont, and the father, I I hope I get his name right, Gavier Avier, gave birth, uh, Julia Lamont gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, Nora Miriam Avere. What a beautiful name, Nora Miriam Avere. I love the name Miriam. It's an old, old biblical name. Nora biblical, uh, excuse me, Norma, Nora Miriam Avere. Well, welcome to the world, Nora. You know, there's a lot ahead of you, but with a grandmother like Susan Lamont, I'm sure things are going to change, and I'm sure you'll become a little activist yourself. But congratulations, Susan. I got I got a note from her, and her line was, I just can't wait to hold her. And I know that feeling. I mean, it's very interesting <clears throat> being a great-grandmother. I actually got to see my my great granddaughter be born, and so it's a it's it's a, a marvelous thing. And a new life has come in, new incentive for us to work for peace, to work for justice, to work for equality. I mean, we want these children to have a beautiful, beautiful life. But you know, you know, it's all up to us. And with this election that's going on, I'm just pulling my hair out. I don't even want to listen to the radio anymore. I mean, here I am on the radio, and I don't want to listen to it because all I hear is, oh, they're doing this and they're doing that, and, and just just makes our country. I'm so ashamed. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Governor uh, Chris Christie's camp. I have to say that he's come out with some really marvelous things of late. You know, it's a, it's an, it's a national embarrassment what's happening. Come on. Joe Biden won the election. 
We live in a free country. We live in a country where the, where the people, they run for elections and they shake hands and they change power. I mean, that's what a democracy is all about. And that's what a free people is all about. And all this stuff going on makes me feel like someone's trying to take over our country, like someone's trying to take something away from us, like take our freedom away. And look at how many people voted and how people stood in line and, and, and all the regis- all the mail-in ballots, the, how many people voted. I mean, millions and millions of people voted. And they're just making it like it was some zoo, some circus, and telling all these lies. I mean, going into courts. I mean, 34 courts threw out their cases. I mean, I, I don't understand why that is not enough. It's really, it's really a sad situation when you think about it. And we are Americans. You know, we have to stand together. And for people out there, you know, that are threatening, you know, they're going to shoot people or they're going to show up if, 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 if Trump doesn't win. Come on. We live in a country that has an honest and open election. And we need to shake hands and move on. You know, instead of, instead of being so angry and, and screaming about this election, why don't you start trying to figure out ways to help and to help improve the society, to help improve the lot of our children? My goodness, I mean, it's just, it's really frustrating. But, you know, that's the way it is. Well, you know, our history is our strength, and I always have to, I always try to go that, go through that. And it's very interesting. Uh, my dear mother, uh, Betty Holtz's birthday was on November 20th, and I remember it every year. And it's interesting because on November 20th, uh, 1910, and my mother was born in 1917, but this is November 20th, 1910, and she made her transition in 1985. She actually wrote the, uh, the beginning statement for the National Organization for Women when it first formed. Uh, Polly Murray, she was a civil rights lawyer and an Episcopal priest. She was the first black person to earn a doctorate at Yale Law School. Oh my goodness, the first black woman to earn a doctorate at Yale High School, uh, Yale Law School. Can you imagine? And this was in 19, she was born in 1910. So she was probably just at the point where they were just maybe allowing a woman here and there into the colleges. And then a very interesting thing also happened on November 24th, 19, this woman was born on November 24th, 1910. It's interesting that these two women were born the same year. Lucy Covington, with her heritage of many chiefs, was tribal leader who saved the Colville Indian Reservation in Washington State and made the federal government fulfill its treaties responsible to Native Americans, supported higher education and training for tribal members. Now, when you look at that, this woman, Lucy Covington, that was really a big deal that she was able to step out. You know, back then, you know, they used to, there was an old saying, silence is golden. I mean, I don't know where they come up with these sayings. Silence is golden. No, silence is not golden. Silence is, silence is destructive. So happy birthday to these uh, two women. And also, my mother shared she was also a Scorpio and my beautiful, uh, uh, granddaughter Caitlin last week I announced that she, it was her birthday she was born November 14th so a lot of wonderful wonderful people born in the month of Scorpio and happy birthday to everybody's out there and happy birthday when you get up in the morning every day is a new birthday when you think about it you know it's very very important well you know there's some interesting days going on I mean when I, I when I was planning the show I just wanted to do something different and I thought to myself 
what is November? What do they celebrate? You know, so I got this from the National Organization for Women. Is their newsletter? It's called On the Record, and it says that. Let me read it to you. Now celebrates Native American Heritage Month and Native Feminist Champions. Amazing. So the month of November is Native American Heritage Month. You know, so let's let's see what it says here. November marks Native American Heritage Month, a time to celebrate the over 575 tribal communities of the United States, their cultures, and the countless contributions Natives and Indigenous people have made to our society. At now, we are particularly thankful for the immeasurable, immeasurable contributions Native women have made in the name of feminism, climate justice, and equal rights for all. Really, very beautifully said. And here's a here's a, a statement from uh, Ledana Brable Allard. She's the Standing Right Suic Women who founded the first resistance camp of the. Hashtag no do n o d a p l movement uh, to Sarah Deer, amazing. She was a lawyer who worked to control domestic and sexual violence and played a key role in the movement to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act in 2013. Which brings me to the next day. The next day that's here that's that's happening is let's let, let me get my notes here. I have so many notes, it's just amazing. On November 25th, 1960, the Mirabal sisters of the Dominican Republic were assassinated by a henchman of dictator Rafael Trill. The sisters who had been active in movements against the Trill regime were beaten and strangled to death and then placed in a jeep and were driven off a mountainous road in order to make their deaths appear accidental. Can you believe this? So in December 1999, the United Nations General Assembly designated, which is going to be Wednesday, November 25th, as the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. The date marks the beginnings of 16 days of remembrance and activism cumulating in International Human Rights Day. According to the report by the United Nations, 19% of women between the ages of 19, excuse me, of 15 and 49 years of age have experienced physical and or sexual violence by an intimate partner in some cases. And in many cases, it ends with the women's death. You know, I'll tell you, it's just, it's just amazing what we go through as women. I mean, look at, look at they did. I mean, they, here they, the woman's trying to stand up for something and she ends up being killed. So November 25th, which is Wednesday, is International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. I mean, why do we celebrate it one day? It should be 365 days a year that we should be saying there should be no violence against women. Very, very interesting. Well, on another note that's really interesting, and this really caught my attention, particularly since my brother adopted a beautiful young woman from <coughs> from China, my, my niece uh, Yulan, 
it's really a big deal when you adopt a child, you know. And and I have I have a friend of mine who gave her child up for adoption. I mean, there's all kinds of different. There's there's two sides to that coin. I mean, it's it's not an easy thing, and it's such a blessing. I mean, when I think of my own niece, what a blessing it is that she made it to this country and has some of the advantages that she has. So today's a National Adoption Day. Here, it's actually today. National Adoption Day is celebrated every November third. 23rd. And did you know that last year alone, believe this or not, last year alone there were 4,000 adoptions were finalized on the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Events are held all over the country to celebrate this holiday and during this, and during this time they also celebrate, uh, National Adoption Day. And I, let me read you something I think it's, you know, because I never even heard of this before and I think it's very interesting that we celebrate that. And here's a little article I found. Natural, excuse me, National Adoption Day is an effort to focus attention on the more than 125,000 children waiting to be adopted from foster care in the United States. A coalition of national partners, the Dave Thomas uh, Foundation for Adoption, a Congressional Coalition for Adoption Institute Alliance for Children's Rights, and Children's uh, Action Network founded National Adoption Day. So happy National Adoption Day. And for all you young people out there who were so blessed to come into a nice home, Congratulations and a special shout out to all those people who did adopt these children. I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it must be like to have to wait and wait for some loving parent to take care of you and, and then finally to be adopted. Amazing. Well, you know, we've come a long way in this world and I'd like to play another song. I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have uh, Ken um, cue it up. I'm going to play a song called "We Have Come a Long Way, Ladies," sung by Earth Mama. And the reason I'm going to play that song is because I want to do a shout out. I want to shoot, do a shout out to Natalie Rogers of Windsor. She they finally called the election and she won. Amazing. She's going to be the first African American woman from District 7 to sit on the Santa Rosa City Council. So congratulations, Natalie. You want to, you ran a good, a good campaign. I mean, we had her on, on our, on one of our, of several of our Zooms of programs that I belong to, and I was so impressed with her, and I am so happy to see that she finally made it, and a big congratulation to her and to all the women. To all the women across the country who were had the courage enough to stand up, let their voices be heard, and run for election, and I'm just I'm really proud, and I'm very proud to know Natalie. And anything I can do, Natalie, to help you or to you know announce anything that you're doing, please feel free to get in touch with us. Anyway, I thought this would be a great song to play. You've come a long way, ladies, and Natalie is an example of it. In spite of it all, think about it. In spite of it all, women are on the rise. In spite of it all, we're talking more and more and more about climate change and getting people to rally and do things. In spite of it all, we came out in numbers to vote in election because we believe in a democracy. We believe in our country. 
And once again, I want to make an appeal to all you Republicans out there who are so angry and who want to tip everything over. Accept what happened and let's just start working together. Let's just start working together. We live on this wonderful planet, so much potential. And what are we doing? We're fighting over all this stuff. And we should be working on climate change. We should be working on coming to grips with this pandemic. You know, it's really interesting about the pandemic and all the na- and the mask issue here, how the mask has become a political, a political issue. They had a, they had a picture on uh, Facebook of this gentleman wearing a mask with a sign on him, wear a mask or go to jail. And that was due to, well, that was during the time of the Spanish flu when hundreds and thousands of people died. You know, we're we're moving towards that direction. Look at over 250,000 people have died in the United States. You know, we're one of the leading countries when it comes to death. You know, even if it's one death, it's one too many, it's one family, another 250,000 people, those families are affected by all this. And who knows, maybe some of those deaths could have been prevented by wearing a mask. They say they can be. But, you know, people have their way. And during the Spanish flu, it looks like they put you in jail if you didn't wear a mask. I mean, it was pretty serious. And this is becoming as serious. So anyway, let's go ahead in honor of Natalie uh, Natalie Rogers and all the women who ran for office this year. We're going to play uh, Earth's Mamas, You Come a Long Way, Ladies. Sometimes the hand that rocks the cradle Has got to rock the boat It's a line that I remember From the diary Grandma wrote As she rode the train to Washington To stand and speak her mind She made some waves that brought a change And made a mark in time We've come a long way, ladies, and we still got a ways to go. Once more those waves of change are moving from sea to shining sea. Women and men are talking with a new honesty about freedom. And choices And how no one has to lose The doors to the club are opening God knows we've paid our dues We've come a long, long way Ladies From no boat and high button shoes To the capital steps and the evening news from women's wrongs to women's rights, it's a rough and rocky road. 
just love that earth mama she has come up with some great songs well welcome back you're listening to women's spaces i'm your host elaine b holtz and today we're doing a special thanksgiving show and you know it's really interesting uh, i read uh, my uh, uh, meditation at the beginning of the show and i i have this poetry book that i wrote by the way if anybody's interested in in seeing it you can email me at womenspaces.com and it was it was really interesting. I I opened up the uh, the page one of the pages and I thought this is really a kind of a funny little poem I want to write before I go into the next thing I want to talk about called Reflections After the Watching the News Late at Night. <laughs> it was really interesting. What I was doing is I was watching the news and I was kind of tired, and all of a sudden they had these salmon fishermen on. And they were fishing for salmon, and suddenly they just threw. They were the way they were throwing the fish. I mean, it was it was so sad to me. I said to myself, "God, no respect for that salmon. The way they were treating it, you know. And here it's going to be put on our dinner table." So I wrote this poem, and I dedicated it to the fish, to the salmon. I wonder what it feels like to be a fish. I look like a fish: two eyes, one nose, and a mouth, fins, um, uh, arms. I eat the fish. The fish does not eat me. Am I more powerful than the fish? Or did the fish know how to let go? <laughs> Who knows? You know, I mean, but when I saw the way they hit that salmon, it was really, really interesting. And then I came across this other, this other uh, little poem that I wrote that it was when I mentioned in the meditation, I said, thank you, great spirit for the garden. And I wrote this poem called Friends of the Garden. We have so many friends in the garden, the flowers and the bees, the vegetables and the trees, the fruit which offers itself so abundantly. Oh, how I love my bunnies along with frogs on bicycles loving one another. St. Francis and the Buddha are all there to remind me that life is eternal since we are all part of the garden. 
Oh, something to think about, you know, all these little poems that, that I write, you know, and it's just kind of, it's kind of fun to be a poet. I often wondered how they choose the poet, poet laureate, you know, that, that's a real honor to be part of that. Well, for this segment of the show, I think I was going to have a little conversation with Ken this morning just to, just to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and some of the challenges that we're going through being isolated and, you know, family issues. And I thought I'd ask Ken, Good morning, Ken. Good morning. It's so good to have you by my side. It's, it's really neat to be able to take some space on the radio to just, you know, talk to each other and bring you from behind behind the controls here. So let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. What, 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 do, what do you feel particularly thankful about this year? That you know, I mean, we've had a rough year, but what out of the whole year, what, what have you come out with feeling thankful well, about? Well, I'm grateful that we're... Elaine and I are able to come into the studio here at Radio KBBF and and uh, present the Women's Spaces show. Uh, and I'm thankful to be part of the Women's Spaces show because uh, I get to meet lots of wonderful women who have made a, a mark in the world. That is, you know, it's it's really impressive. And <clears throat> other things, well, I'm. I'm grateful that uh, we're able to cope, you know, in a way that's still f- somewhat comfortable for us. Uh, I miss being able to see a lot of friends and, and family. Uh, we're able to see every once in a while, but at a distance. Wasn't and that wasn't that amazing, Ken? That we had our we had visits from our friend Verge and Val, and my God, having people in the house, it was like, oh my God, it was just like talking to somebody alive and in person was wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. It's good to have friends. You really do appreciate friends when uh, you hit a time like this when you're, there's a separation that's that's happening. So we have to realize that, you know, the spatial thing may not be optimal for us, the spatial distance, but there is still the beingness, and the beingness doesn't have that time and space involved. I was thinking of friends that I have I have friends that are that that I have for many many years, and sometimes I don't call them for about a year. But then when I do talk with them, it's like there's no time at all that passes. I know, isn't that amazing? So I, you know, there's something about our relationships which are timeless and spaceless. So I'm grateful for that aspect of relationships. Well, you know, one of the things I'm, I just think it's so stunning that around all this, during all this havoc and everything that's going on, that here Susan Lamont became a grandmother for the second time. You know, all these beautiful children being born. You know, we're great grandparents, which is astounding to us. And yet, no matter what is going on, you could always look at the garden, you could always look at the sky, you can always look at the trees, you could always look at your, each other, you could always pet a dog. You know, there's all kinds of things that we can be grateful for. I love having friends with other species. Oh, right. <laughs> I love our dog, Rosie. She's able to do these antics at just kind of like, you know... You can relax your humanness for a while and see, hey, there's other ways to do something. I love the nature of just plants, the flowers, and uh, seeing how the patterns they each have that are unique to that species. And then it relates to us. You know, they even talk to us, dripping their, drooping their leaves, and oh my gosh, i got to water it a little bit. So there's 
I really do appreciate other than our species to uh, relate to. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. Well, I want to thank you. I want to thank you publicly for being here with me every week and running the board and and doing all the computer stuff. Oh, my God, if I had to do that, I would go crazy. So I really appreciate all the effort that you put in for this show, Ken. Thank you so much and for being such a good partner. Ken and I have been together for – we've been married for 20 years and we've – had a relationship for five years so 25 years that's a quarter of a century yeah <laughs> you'd think we'd be tired of each other by now <laughs> but we're really not we're really not it's really it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing you know it's, it's really interesting when we were playing that last song can when i was thinking about uh when she said a uh, grandma wrote it in her diary about you know about the whole thing around voting and stuff that we've come a long way she was her grandmother was going to washington dc probably to protest or probably to uh, to want to get with women's suffrage. And I think about my own grandmother, Rose Dorfman. My grandmother, Rose, was born in uh, Odessa, Russia, and she lived on a shtetl. We were Jewish, and she lived on a shtetl. And it's interesting, shtetls were like little towns. They were just little towns in Russia. And what happened was is that uh, there was, I, I believe, uh, was prior to uh, World War One breaking out, there was a killing. Uh, one of the aristocrats killed. What, what happened in World War One? Why did that start? There was a killing of a... Oh, there was an assassination of the uh, crown prince, the heir to the Austrian throne, by a, a Serbian assassin. And uh, since Serbia was allied with Russia, um, Austria was going to declare war against Serbia, and in doing so, it would de- Russia would then declare war against Austria. And then Germany was an ally of Austria and pushing Austria into war. So, you know, it's all of a sudden you had this conglomeration. France was an ally with Russia and, you know, so you had these teams attacking each other, the national teams. It was a brutal, brutal war. And what happened in Russia, which was very typical, anytime any conflict happened, they would blame it on the Jews. And so they would go in the villages, and they they would the progrones, they called it, and they would kill people. And they would actually lay there. You're not going to believe this, but I had a hard time believing it until I saw a film of it, that they actually laid the children, they would kill the children and lay them on the street and say, get out of here, Jews. Well, my grandmother's family heard that, and they were able to migrate to the United States. Well, it took my grandmother almost 30 years before she actually became a citizen and was able to vote. And I remember the whole family, it was, we were, I was brought up in East Los Angeles at that time, and the whole family went to the polls with Grandma. I can see her like yesterday, going inside the, you know, the, the little, you know, the little, like, I call it like the little office. They used to have little black, it was the, like a black uh, curtain, and you walked in, and you just, you had a little stick that you marked your voters. And my grandmother walked out, and all of a sudden she saw me, and she puts her arm around me. And she says, you must always vote, she says. And only in America, only in America 
can you go into your home and know that a policeman will never break it down and try to drag you out? And I just looked at my grandmother. I said, wow, you know, that was a heavy-duty thing to say to I think I was about 12 years old at the time. And I thought about that, you know. And then when I thought about what she wrote in her diary, my grandmother gave me that message. If you must always vote, you live in a free country, nobody's going to break down your door and drag you out although that's uh, <laughs> lately that's a little iffy but that's the general idea and also you know during thanksgiving it's very important you know to really start looking at our values looking at who we are as a people and i picked this next song particularly for that you know frank sinatra actually did it it's called the house i live in and he did it he did it as a um as a piece to remind people, you know, particularly people, we were going through the depression and we were going through all kinds of things. There was all kinds of upheaval in the country. And just to remind people, you know, who we are as an American and, and what America is all about. And I think we need to hear that more and more and more each and every day. And so that's why I picked this song. So we're, now we're going to go ahead, Ken, you got that all queued up. We're going to play The House I Live In. And let's see, who is, the, who is that sung by? Do, you, do I have that there? Who's that sung? Let me see. Let me Maxine Lanard. Maxine Lanard, and we're going to hear the house I live in. Pay attention to the words. Pay attention to the words. You know, 90% of us, I don't know, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's a wrong percentage, so I'm going to take that back. A great percentage of us are immigrants. I mean, the only ones who are really, you know, the ones who were on the land first were our indigenous brothers and sisters, the Native Americans. They were here long before we were. But most of America, a great deal of America, is immigrants. We come from all kinds of countries. That's the beauty. You know something? That is the beauty of our country. When we sit down and we think about it, we have all, I mean, just just look at Restaurant Row, for God's sakes. We have all these different ethnicities, all these different people that come to our shores. That is the beauty of this country, the versatility of it, the diversity of it, the expression of it. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful experiment, like uh, Benjamin Franklin said. And we've lived together. We have lived together for almost for many, 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 many decades now. And it's time that we sit back and we really start appreciating once again who we are as an Americans and come together. You know, white supremacy, please, come on. We don't need that. We need to come together. Black Lives Matter, we need people to pay attention to what is happening to the African-American community. They are being treated unjustly. The whole idea of saying Black Lives Matter is an American statement saying our people matter, but they happen to be black. And stop killing them. Why is that so difficult to understand? Of course all lives matter, but we want to point out specifically that this population is being harmed. Remember at the end of the poem, you know, no harm. That's what we look for. We look for no harm to live in a world where no harm exists. So let's go ahead and listen to the house I live in and think about the lyrics. Think about what they're saying. And think about what it means to you, particularly around Thanksgiving, 
when oftentimes you were just able to go to your relative's house. Right now, you can't you can't float around as easily as you could. What is America to me? A name, a map, a flag I see, a certain word, democracy. What is America to me? The house I live in, a plot of earth, a street, the grocer and the butcher, and the people that I meet, the children in the playground, the faces that I see, all races and religions, that's America to me. I work in the worker by my side, the little town or city where my people lived and died, the howdy and the handshake, the air of being free, and the right to speak my mind out. That's America to me. I see about me the big things and the small the little corner you stand the house a mile tall the wedding in the churchyard the laughter and the tears the dream that's been a growing for a hundred and fifty years the town I live in, the street, the house, the room, the pavement of the city, or a garden all in blue, the church, the school, the clubhouse, the God, that song just makes me want to cry. It is so beautiful. Anyway, you're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and we have just had a wonderful time doing this show this morning. It has been really a tribute to Thanksgiving, a tribute to being thankful, and also when I listen to the song, The House I Live In, you know, I think of all the disappointments that people are having today or this weekend, you know, not traveling, you know, they're discouraging people from taking planes. I mean, I know my granddaughter's not going to be able to come up because of it. And, you know, it's, 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 kind, of, it's kind of a real interesting time. And, you know, it's, it's also an interesting time with elections. You know, I just don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why people are so fired up to destroy 
democracy. It just, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. So I'm going to leave you with two things uh, this morning that I hope, I really hope, help us get this through. And then there's a, a final song I'm going to play called Get Together. And uh, that's a real great song right now. We all need to get together. We need to start thinking about what we're doing. And, you know, I've read this before on the air, but I think it's very important now. We have to keep our spirits up. You know, next next week, by the way, I want to announce I'm going to have Harriet Fraud on again. Uh, Harriet is a, a psychoanalyst. She's the wife of Richard Wolf that does the economic update. And we're going to do a full analysis of the election, uh, what happened across the country, uh, who won, who lost, what are some of the implications, some of the impacts that are having. So you don't want to miss that show. It'll be a wonderful, wonderful experience having uh, having Harriet on with me again. Before I, before I read this uh, spiritual thing this this just fell out of my notebook you know i love the family circus i don't know if people read it in the in the paper in the comic strip they're one of my favorite they're my favorite comics and you know it's a it's kind of a family a family cartoon and there's three children uh two little boys and uh, one little girl the little girl is the oldest one and so dad her dad is sitting on a chair and he's reading the newspaper and she looks up to him and she says to him if so many people get hurt in war, why do they keep playing it? <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. If so many people get hurt in war, why do they keep playing it? Don't you think that's a good question? Don't you think that's a great question? <laughs> and you know, I mean it's 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 just amazing. I'm gonna put this I'm gonna put this cartoon on my website, www.womenspaces.com. I just think I just think it's the cutest thing in the world. If so many people get hurt in war, why do they keep playing in it? Playing it. I mean, out of the mouths of babes. Well, I want to leave you on a, a positive note, and then we're gonna we're gonna end we're gonna end with the song "Get Together." I think. Do we have time, Ken? Yeah, we'll have a little bit of time. This is called the Seven Laws of Governing the Evolution of Man's Spiritual Nucleus, and it was written by Ken's mentor, Doctor William Hermans, and it's something that we read all the time, all the time. It's really, really interesting. Just, just, just listen to this. The seven laws governing the evolution of man's spiritual nucleus. And out of that comes the ten words to the creative spirit, which is very, very important. So, Ken, Dr. Hermans, when did he write this? Well, he wrote the seven laws governing the... Uh Evolution of Man's Spiritual Nucleus. That's part of a, a book called Vibrations of Heaven and Hell that was uh, written at, was in the 80s, end of the 80s. Uh, he passed away in, in uh, 1990, so this was the last manuscript that he, he worked on, and I helped him. I was helping him with this one. And uh, <clears throat> so I, would you like me to read these? Yeah, go ahead and read them. Okay, I'll read this. this the Seven Laws, and this is something he was eighty. He was born in nineteen. He was born in eighteen ninety-five. So, you know, he's ninety years old when he's um, penning these words. The soul consists of man's spiritual nucleus, conscience, free will, and vibrational field. Two, nothing is created without vibrations. Three, vibrations attract like vibrations. Four, 
Conscience discriminates between those vibrations which nurture and those which stunt the growth of the spiritual nucleus. The purification of one's vibrational field occurs only when the free will chooses to follow the conscience rather than the pseudo-conscience of the ego or a group. 5. A group, whether religious, social, or political, is primarily concerned with its identity and survival, giving direction to the three-dimensional drives in man, while ignoring his true purpose. 6. The vibrational field changes as the spiritual nucleus matures, transforming three-dimensional patterns into infinite-dimensional ones of healing, protection, mastery over synchronicity, and spiritual purpose, while attracting assistance from angelic entities and resistance from demonic entities. 7. The highest purpose of man is to evolve his spiritual nucleus into a cosmic being, manifesting oneness with the creative principle. Manifesting oneness with the creative principle. What a beautiful thought, isn't that? It's a beautiful thought. I mean, Dr. Hermans wrote some wonderful, wonderful things. Now, was the ten words, was that part of this uh, book, or how did you, where did the ten No, the ten words, the creative spirit was written, oh, maybe around 1980. And uh, so he would have been around 85 when he wrote it. I like the Ten Words of the Creative Spirit because um, it seems to, um, I mean, it's a good way to meditate. I like to have these words alive in me when I, when I, when I uh, read it or meditate on it. Well, I'm going to read it to the people. So this is, I'm going to leave you, do we have, we have just the, this is going to be the, and then we're going to say goodbye to everybody. Mm-hmm. So here's the Ten Words of the Creative Spirit. Give me grace so I can walk uplifted through this day. Give me joy so my heart has enough and to spare for others. Give me peace so an angelic spirit accompanies me wherever I go. I love that. Give me love so darkness changes to sunshine where I am. Give me healing so spirit is the light of the flesh. Give me mercy so my free will chooses mercy. Give me trust. This is the one that I read over and over and over again. Give me trust so no despair can grip my soul. Give me power so I can speak with authority. Give me wisdom so I cannot be bribed by intellect. Give me wisdom so I cannot be bribed by intellect. Give me feeling so I can vibrate your truth. What a beautiful, beautiful thought. What a beautiful thought. I, I consider that my, my uh, soul craft um, control panel. <laughs> I love that. You know, and I got different levers, and one is grace and joy and love and feeling and so forth and wisdom. And, and uh, I read this in the morning before I meditate, and it, I hope that these words and these virtues come alive when I really need them later in the day. Well, thank you so much, Ken, and thank you so much for sharing the air with me this morning. I have a little secret, you know, 
uh, things changed. We had an, uh, we had a guest planned, and they had an emergency, so we had to kind of improvise a, uh, this hour show. And I'm really grateful that you came on. And also, hopefully, it gives you the feeling, because I'm always trying to encourage Ken that maybe once a month we can do a little bit of a show together. So this was this was our kind of our maiden voyage. <coughs> Excuse me. Well... We only have one minute left, and I want to thank everybody out there for listening. I want to thank Ken Norton for being my wonderful co-host and also my guest this, this morning for You're sharing, so welcome. <laughs> sharing him, all his wisdom. And to everybody out there, I want to wish you a happy, happy Thanksgiving. And no matter what you do, you always have a choice, and the choice I hope you make is to look around you and think of all the things you have to be grateful for. You know, even those who have so little have something to be grateful for, and the most important thing is that we're still here. Well, that's it for our show, folks. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. I appreciate you being here. I want to remind you that children are our future. We must never lose sight of this. And I want to send a special blessing to everybody out there and listening. And hopefully you'll be tuning in next week with me to listen to Harriet Broad. Take you home now The woman in your life She can wait so easily She knows everything you do Because the woman in your life Is you Because the woman in your life The woman in your life The woman in your life Previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, November 23rd, 2020.